Millennials are grossly underestimated. Their jobs aren't their whole worlds. They have options, they have the internet. Job satisfaction and strength of relationships, there ain't no app for that. Education is not a mechanical system, it's a human system. Any kind of work that's on some level predictable, then that's gonna be susceptible to artificial intelligence and, and machine learning. And that job, where you go to a building and you stay there 40 hours, and then you do that again for 40 years and then you retire, that's gone. Technology magnifies our leverage and increases our creativity. Stay hungry, stay foolish. Please wait as your individualized operating system is initiated. This is the Powerful Nonsense Podcast, guiding you through the madness of modern life. This podcast is sponsored by the University of Northampton, the first UK university to be awarded the Ashoka U Changemaker Campus status, in recognition of their commitment to social entrepreneurship. Now, here are your hosts, Wayne Ingram and Jem Yildiz. Hello! Powerful nonsenses. Well, that certainly peaked. <laughs> we were just uh, adjusting all the sound settings and, and I come straight in, projecting my voice. And destroyed it. And just broke it in an instant. That was a waste of our time, wasn't it? Certainly. Uh, welcome to Powerful Nonsense. Hello. If you are joining us for the first time, I am Wayne Ingram. I am Jemmy Audis. And this is the Millennial Podcast. The only place to be. The only place to be. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Except it's not really a place, is it? It's it's a podcast. It's an environment within your mind. It's a ooh ooh. ooh. Did you like that? I did. We're up in there, all up in that. But only skull. if you're in, only if you're listening in stereo. If you've only got like the one earbud in, it doesn't feel quite so much like it's in your mind. Why would you or, have like, one somebody earbud. like whispering in your ear? Why would you have one earbud? Because you're trying to be aware of all the surroundings around you, so you don't get run over. Yeah, so you don't get run over or... Safety first, I you know, like that. Just in case that really attractive person on the tube starts a conversation with you. Just leave both in, Wayne. I'm constantly, <laughs> constantly only got one, one earbud in. <laughs> just in just case. Just in case. Because I'm just surrounded by beautiful it, has, people. Has it ever paid off? No. <laughs> <laughs> just so you can tell the guy... To I get only what... get the weirdos come up and talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> I've noticed you've got one earbud in. Where's the other one? <laughs> <laughs> or, big, or the big issue salesman yeah or the uh, charity workers because that's the best way to avoid the charity workers isn't it you see what double have you have you been earbuds in? even if you're not listening to anything because you don't have to engage because you can just pretend top tips powerful nonsense yeah that's what you get coming out. That's, you, that's why you're here <laughs> it's to avoid those pesky charity workers the chuggers they call them <laughs> <laughs> but hey charities do good work mm-hmm. we like charities just not when I'm trying to get to prep because I'm late for work. That's my logic. <laughs> Going to prep because I'm late for work. If you see Wayne with one earbud in, that means he's ready for you to approach. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. He's ready to pull. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's. That, I do it on a night out as well. <laughs> it's my signal. <laughs> my mating signal. <laughs> one legged and your trousers on, the other one off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. I often find I don't get let into the clubs though when I'm like that. <laughs> anyway, uh, that's not what we're talking about today. Well, it is obviously, but it's not. It's not what this episode is about. 
So uh, we thought we'd put together an episode today talking about convincing yourself that you can. Yes, I think a lot of people, obviously, when it comes to anything you do in life, I think a lot of it comes down to can you convince yourself that you can do it? I think a lot of people go into anything like half-heartedly as well. And so I think the biggest major hurdle that a lot of people have to overcome is just that belief in themselves and that it's what they're trying to achieve is possible. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to break down today like how you can go about getting that because it's not something that happens overnight. You don't just wake up with an epiphany and be like, yes, this is what I'm meant to do because a couple of days later, suddenly that motivation is drained away. Yes. And it's a, it's a constant battle to be honest that you kind of have to have with yourself. Mm -hmm. I think at least until you get into the position where you're really just so obnoxiously (laughs) cocky. It's like, I can do anything, anything you can do. I can do better. (laughs) I can do anything better than you. Kind of that level. That takes a while to get to if you want to become that, that guy. Yeah. And I think like, um, right at the moment you've got that whole Mayweather and Conor McGregor. Yeah. I mean, I've not been paying attention to be honest, but I think those two are kind of like epitomize that attitude of like, not that you have to be as cocky as, boisterous as they are but that mm. idea that you're kind of going in Although, with that I, sorry go I, on i did read one headline mm. this 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 for me i was like oh but i was like this has got to be staged surely because it's all staged oh it was all st- oh, yeah. um with was did conor mcgregor not wear the jersey of the foot was it football player that had an affair with mayweather's other half it would not surprise me he he had a I suit, saw that headline he had a suit with pinstripes that said fuck you on it <laughs> <laughs> what in the pinstripes yeah the pinstripes if you went close enough it said fuck you <laughs> so basically what we're saying is you've got to wear those kind of suits and be the cockiest bastard you can be <laughs> anyway but back, my point was basically like those sort of guys especially in that sort of arena are so focused on that they are gonna get what they want they're gonna win they're going in there with totally convinced themselves you can't go into like a fight half ass because you will get beaten the crap out of mm-hmm. and i think it's that sort of idea that it's, it's again and those people have trained for years you don't just like wake up with that i think it's just you've got to have that inclination that what you're doing all your effort and i think that's why a lot of people don't start anything is because like they don't want to put that effort into something yeah. without a guarantee reward. Yeah. But actually, you can't even get that reward unless in your mind you believe it is possible. It's mm-hmm. like you will not start, you will not put in the effort, you will not put in the training, you will not put in the time yeah. if you generally believe in your head that it's not possible. And so I think it's a massive, massive hurdle that a lot of people, whatever you're trying to achieve, need to kind of overcome. Yeah, it's that old adage, isn't it, really, in many ways, which is, you know, <clears throat> if it was easy, everyone would do it. Mm-hmm. And I think in the same respect, you know, if you want to be a success in anything, you've got to fight for it. You can't just kind of, it's not like, um, I found what podcast was I listening to? Might have been Art of Charm, um, where they were talking about like being resilient and relentless. That was it, mm-hmm. it was being relentless. And this idea, I may have got the podcast completely wrong. So if it's not Art of Charm, I do apologize to whoever it was, but, um, they're basically saying like this idea that you can just sit and wait for the phone to ring and that one day, oh no, maybe it was a Gary V. I think it might've been a Gary V thing, but this, yeah, cause he was talking about, look, sorry, Gary V reference. I tried not to, just tried to dodge it, but he was in there. Mixing his references. Um, yeah. And, and this idea that, you know, you can't just, um, you can't just sit at home and then one day somebody's going to knock on your door and be like, Here's all your luck. You kind of have to work for it and fight for it. But then the flip side, of course, is, which is kind of what this episode is about, is that 
um, it's a hard fight. It's a really hard fight. And a lot of the, the fight itself is actually with yourself rather than with the other people and the challenges that you've got to get through. A lot of it is mindset and mental. Yeah, for sure. And I think like your perce- your perception creates your world. And I think that is a lot of the struggle is that can you kind of in some way suspend your disbelief in that you believe it is actually possible and that you actually can achieve it. I think a lot of the time most people are kind of held off from believing that it's possible because of like they're taking other people's perspectives like too seriously, like people either telling them or maybe experiences in the past and stuff like that. So I think it's it, it takes time, like I say, and I think like there's even for myself, even when I went like self-employed as well, it's kind of you're constantly sort of doubting yourself. I'm sure as an actor, you always have your days where you're doubting yourself every time. But it's kind of usually like usually before going on stage, actually, you go, "Oh shit, am I going to fuck this one up today?" Mm-hmm. And so you're kind of, in some ways, I think I think that's part of it as well. I think when you are doing like. Um, whatever it is you're looking to do you're going to have those moments where you totally like properly doubt yourself and mm. i think it's again how you build up that sort of other voice in your head that's kind of like yeah but you know you can do it like or it's the same when you're in the gym and you're kind of lifting weights it's like it's you, you walk up to a new weight that you've never done before and then in your head you're already saying that's heavy oh what if that falls mm. on my face or what if i make myself look like a right fool here and then it's just that kind of in that moment, you've just got to be like, okay, are we going for this? Yeah, we're just going to go for it. And then you kind of, uh, and in that yeah. moment, you get out of your head and you just make it happen. I'm sure it's the same sort of rush once you get out on stage. It's kind of like, mm. we're in it. You're either going to go all in or you're going all out. Yeah, the example I often use is it's, it's actors will talk <clears> so often about the time just before they go on stage and the curtain's just about to go up and they go, fuck, what's my first line? Because they can't remember the first line, but the show started, you got to go on. Oh, and shit. you go in, and it just kind of it kicks in, and your brain goes, Oh, yeah, that's it. And as soon as you got that first line, the rest just comes until you kind of lose yourself and occasionally have a blank on stage, and you're like, Oh, shit. But the, the first line scenario is such a common thing for actors where they go, I literally can't remember what I say first. <laughs> that must be horrendous. It's scary as hell because you're just like, I've just got to throw myself in and just hope it comes to me. And it always does. I was watching um, a program on Netflix yesterday, um, Brain Games, which is like a series that you can watch. And it was all about stress. And it was kind of talking about that as well. It was saying like in in some circumstances, stress is what actually leads people to get into their zone. Yeah. Or actually stress could be something that like literally takes you completely out of your zone. Mm. I think that's that difference between people who say like like boxers or tra- anyone who's training is kind of the idea that the training beforehand is what kind of convince. which in that moment when you're stressed, it's all the work you've done before that that kind of allows you to it to work in your favor. Whereas the people who maybe have thought, oh, I'll try wing it, when that actual stress hits, they're the ones that kind of fall flat, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Like stress can be a good thing for people, I guess, is, is what that... Yeah, I mean, I've always worked well under pressure. I don't know if stress is the right word, because stress has got such a such negative connotations anyway. Um, I mean, obviously it is the right word, but I think sometimes people can confuse stress with pressure, or stress, no, sorry, confuse stress with just all the negative stuff and sometimes stress stress is merely pressure mm-hmm. um and i've always worked well under pressure um but not necessarily under stress because a stress can come in can come in from someone else but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's pressure it just means that they they feel under pressure and they've put it on you mm-hmm. and that's that's the negative kind of but anyway that's semantics and 
not really that relevant. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's, uh, I think in terms of like, um, kind of convincing yourself that you can do whatever it is, I think a lot of it comes from just initially just having the audacity to, to do it. To sort of dream a little bit. To... Yeah. I'm reading through um, Real Artists Don't Starve, Jeff Goins at the minute, and uh, literally only at the beginning. And one of the things that he, one of the first lessons that he um, talks about, because he breaks uh, the artist's lifestyle down, um, and one of the first things he talks about, one of the first rules is that um, starving artists believe that you have to be born an artist. Uh, thriving artists believe that you have to become an artist. And one of the things that he's saying in that first chapter is just have the audacity to call yourself an actor, a writer, an artist, a sportsman, a whatever. Don't worry about what the side what the actual day job is just have the audacity to just label yourself as what it is that you're trying to achieve and it's not about faking it till you make it this was a really good line it's not about faking it till you make it it's about believing it until you become it Mm. and i was like oh yeah that's good and i think that's so it's such a good piece of advice because um it's kind of like cognitive biases and um uh, law of attraction or whatever you want to, however you want to frame it in your mind. But it's this idea that if you're putting the energy into becoming the actor, the writer, the sportsman, the entrepreneur, whatever, if you're putting the energy into being it, because when you start saying to people, Oh, I'm a writer, um, it will only be so long before people go, well, what have you written? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And if you keep going around going, well, I'm a writer, and then, and then people go, okay, so what have you written? And you go, well, I haven't written anything yet. Then suddenly you know, and they know, that you're really not a writer at all. Uh-huh. So because you're putting that that message out there, it forces you to act based on accountability. Because suddenly, it's like, it's, it's the dilemma actors have all the time, which is, oh, I'm an actor. And they go, oh, what have I seen you in? And you go, well, nothing yet. But that's <laughs> not because I'm not acting. That's because I've just not acted on TV or on, on films that have been released in the cinema, not in mainstream stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, but there's the constant imposter syndrome because everybody expects that if you're an actor, they must've seen you on the TV or they must've seen you in a film or they must've seen you on stage somewhere. And if they haven't, well then, then, then are you really an actor, (laughs) bro? (laughs) Who are you you kidding? (laughs) And and I think it's that, I think it's that positive reinforcement and that accountability that you set out there because you're saying, this is what I am. But then do you think there's that sort of struggle then if you then get that accountability from external people who say, okay, you're, you're right. I bet, yeah, but no, right. you're not getting the accountability from external people. I mean, no, it's forcing you. Like, it's obviously because you're saying to everyone else you're right. Is, that, is it cognitive dissonance where you feel you need to make up for the... But, you're, as, but, but and this is, I think this is the important thing because it's not that you're saying it to other people, it's that you're saying it to yourself. You've convinced yourself, number one, and people yeah. ask you, okay, so it's not, because yeah. I know there's a whole theory about, yeah. well, tell everybody else you're doing something. Yeah, you're pinning it yeah. on yourself rather than you're pinning it on other people. It's just because you're pinning it on yourself, the byproduct of it is that you're pinning it on other people. Okay, it's yeah. not like you're going, please love me. Mm-hmm. You're going, well, I love me, and therefore you should love me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so it's a completely different framing of it it's the same thing in many ways but you're framing it differently because Mm -hmm. it's coming from yourself first because you know that if you call yourself a writer and you're not writing 
then you you know you're not a writer. And that will only last so long before everybody else starts to realise that you're not a mm-hmm. writer. And that's the difference. It's not about convincing other people you're a writer. It's about making sure that you are living as a writer. Yeah, and I think that's a problem that probably people have is sort of sustaining that belief in themselves because what if it comes two weeks and you haven't written anything and then you're going to start mm. breaking down on yourself. Okay, well, I haven't acted in anything the last half a year, you might say, and then you'll be like, oh, well, am I still an actor then? And is it That's the sort of struggle, I guess, sort of the creative or the artist has is, is ongoingly convincing themselves that what they're doing, they can do. And Because a lot of the time, the thing you're aiming towards is like, far far away yeah but this is again something that jeff Goins sort of talks about in this first chapter is that just because you're saying you are this or that or whatever or an entrepreneur um doesn't mean that you have to be doing it all the time so long as you are putting in the energy to doing it that means that you are Mm -hmm. because these things take time it's not like um Although this is different because I don't really call myself a podcaster, even though I am a podcaster, but like with the podcast, it's something that's grown over time and it's slow and steady and it's not something that we just went, okay, we're podcasters now. It's something we kind of toyed around with and over time it's grown and grown and grown. Um, and like it took you, in fact, it took you a long time. This is something part of your story, actually, in many ways. It took you a long time before you started acknowledging to people that to you were a podcaster. To feel comfortable saying it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think it's the same thing. Yeah, for sure. And I think, yeah, get, you get to that point. I think that probably is the years we put into it before you're like, oh, actually, we do do podcasts and it's, it's pretty good and we yeah. put it out consistently and actually we've been paid for it and now I feel comfortable to tell people that it is. But well, that's it. And there's no question now that we're podcasters. We've put an episode out every week for the last three years. Like there is no question that we are podcasters. Mm-hmm. But that's come from us. A number like you're saying, it's not so much someone saying, well, here's a check, now you're a podcaster, but right. actually believing it within yourself that, okay, now I'm a podcaster and I believe I am. And so those things will come because of that. Exactly. Yeah. Cool. Believe cool. it until you become it. I like it. Jeff Goins. Um, let's take a quick break. I yep. uh, just say a massive thank you to the sponsor of the show, the University of Northampton. Um, if you've not listened to the show before, I say this every time. So if you have listened to it before, I apologise. But if you haven't listened to the show before, uh, Jam and I are um, graduates of Northampton University. That's where we met. That's where we were thrown together and have had to put up with each other ever since. Um, (laughs) It's been a battle. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But they're a great, great fit for sponsoring this show because they are, in my opinion, a little bit more than normal university because the focus for them isn't just on making sure that you're qualified, you get a degree, that you come out with your network ready to be employed. They also have this other aspect to them, which is integrated on almost every level of the university, um, all the way through to the student union, all the way through to the actual degrees themselves uh, embedded into their programs, which is this idea of building, well, of being a change maker, uh, which is not just... Um, about necessarily doing social good, but it's also this idea that you can build a business and a venture around that, whether that be a non-profit business or a profitable business, it's entirely up to you. But they've got the infrastructure within the university to really make sure that if you want to explore those ideas that you can, there are funding opportunities, workshops all the time. It's very much, very much embedded into the lifestyle of that university. So um, if you are thinking... 
you know, I do want to get a degree, but I'm toying with this idea of setting up a charity, setting up a business, maybe even going traveling just to help those people in uh, less prosperous countries than ours. Um, then maybe check them out, northampton.ac.uk. And a massive thank you to them for supporting the show. Lovely. <clears throat> so, yes. I was going to touch upon like the idea that obviously, okay, you've convinced yourself you can. And now I guess the way to kind of continually feed that belief, I guess you've got to kind of be, kind of celebrate your progress is within that thing that mm. you're doing. Because I think a lot of the time you're not, you might not early on, you're not getting any sort of external. No. So sort of, no one's paying you. No one's telling you, oh, great. Here's an, mm. uh, here's a, like a award for being good at whatever you do. And so I think it's quite important as well that, you celebrate the progress that you make, even though it might not be hitting the things you want to be doing, but it's enough that it keeps you motivated to keep going. I'm pretty sure it might be, you might get the same feeling when you put out a new show reel. Mm-hmm. It feels like a progress. And so you celebrate, oh, here's a new show reel, or yeah. here's a new uh, task I did, or yeah. for us, it's maybe speaking at the, uh, at like a podcast awards or something like that. Mm-hmm. And so, How important do you think those sort of points are? I think the retrospective is really, really important. It's funny you mentioned my show because I've just put out a new one. Um, And as I was putting it out, I actually went back and looked at a few of my old ones, uh, scenes that I'd forgotten about that were in there. And I was like, man, the quality is so much better now. Just not in just the way that, not in just the scenes themselves and my acting, but in terms of the actual way I've structured the showreel and everything because I've learned uh, what makes a better showreel and, and just there are so all these elements even something as simple as just the lighting or the camera being used in each scene there are so many elements that have just got better and better and better and of course there are elements of that which are due to at least in my field uh, technology being more readily available particularly on the camera side of things but it's just this this uh, you can see the progress that I've made and um I think that's just really important just to acknowledge where you were and where you've now got to. And I think sometimes we lose so much, we're so focused on where we're going that we forget about where we've been. Mm-hmm. And I think when you look back at that and sometimes uh, what feels like a small leap has actually been gigantic. It's just, it's happened over time. It's not a leap at all. It's, it's a lot of small steps in the right direction. And I think one of the joys of, Uh, technology and social media that we have in particular is that we're all kind of documenting our journeys in some way shape or form and now and we also have the ability therefore to look back on all of it i'm fascinated by our grandchildren and what they are going to be able to learn about they are going to be able to get to know us on a level that all of our friends have got to know us on a very personal level because most of your friends you don't see face to face anymore Mm -hmm. most of them you interact with online and a lot of that is publicly available it's only the private messages which doesn't happen the mm-hmm. private messages is a very is like five percent of your social media activity i'd say maybe 10 mm-hmm. the rest of it is all publicly available so our grandchildren are going to be able to get to know us we're immortalized they're going to be able to get to know us on a very deep personal level should they wish to delve into it well, imagine even just this podcast. Like, how I much think of the podcast all is, the time. This is to a different sort of level because I yeah. was even thinking about that the other day. It's mm-hmm. like, 
wow, look how, how things have changed and the different experiences you've had if we went back to like the first year. Yeah. But oh, imagine, look at our mindsets where we were there and what we were thinking about and what were our worries and what we were struggling with. Yeah. And what were the plans for that year? I was actually thinking about it as well. And I think one of the biggest uh, positives to me for the podcast is let's say we did this till we die, mm-hmm. right? We will have a recording of our entire, all of our thinking philosophically speaking, entrepreneurial speak, entrepreneurially speaking, um, and just a general tracking of our trajectory all the way through our lives. I'm actually, let's, if it gets to that, I'm actually more than willing to put down a fuck ton of money to make sure these stay readily available online for a long, long time mm-hmm. and make sure that my family are aware of it so that they can pass it on. Not, not just so that they can necessarily hear about me and find out about me obviously that'll be educational because we talk about fairly modern things uh, current things that are going on in in the world of work and lifestyle mm-hmm. etc but also because there'll be lessons mm-hmm. in these for the next generation of our families mm-hmm. and if nobody else listens to it but my great 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 grand grandkids then yeah. I'm really fucking happy with that. Well, it's like interesting because obviously with um, Chester Bennett committing suicide recently, mm. uh, which is a massive shame, um, I've been like looking back at some of like his history and like how he got into the band and stuff like that. And it was kind of like, I just think like, well, he was like working in Burger King and he was working as a barista and he had all these sort of shitty jobs that he was doing just mm. before he started getting into a band and he had his first band and got like asked by Linkin Park. But it's kind of like, we're so early like when he was his early 20s or early like teens and stuff like that when we obviously we started podcast in our mid sort of 20s but mm. you've got to think like the journeys that we're taking are while we've got like day jobs there are yeah. you've got to think like how many of these videos you see shared on like facebook with actors who say oh yeah i was working a crappy job for this long i was a cleaner mm-hmm. i was this and it's kind of like well you're getting those thoughts live and imagine yeah. if you could sit down with Terry Crews, who was working as a security guard or right. whoever else talking about, yeah, I'm yeah, working as a security guard at the moment, but I've got this thing coming up in a couple of weeks. And mm-hmm. again, hopefully we're going to have that for both of us, that sort of documentation yeah. of that long term. We can look back and like, wow, do you remember when you were talking about you were going to leave your day job? And yeah. then that thing came along. And if nothing else as well, and this is where I think it's really interesting, and again, going back to retrospective, it's dated as well. It's not just we've got the story, it's dated it's like this is where we started working on it and and hopefully this is the this is how long to the day it took us to get to where we wanted to get to Mm -hmm. so if you've got those goals that's the sort of time frame we've got data on it Mm -hmm. if you've got those sorts of goals that's the sort of time frame if you do exactly what we did the sort of time frame that you're looking at to achieve it and i think that's going to be 10 times bigger than most people expect it will be Mm -hmm. and you know you've got other podcasts other um artists entrepreneurs whatever that are documenting their journey as well it's all going to be readily available um to really follow that journey like the next generations are in such a lucky position they are in such a lucky position that we could never have fathomed as kids Mm -hmm. like we already look at the nature of the internet and all that sort of stuff and go wow we have so much knowledge readily available to us 
But they, the next generations, not only have the knowledge, but they have the journeys to go with the knowledge readily mm-hmm. available. They literally have well. other people, successful people's yeah. life plans, like exactly yeah. what they did, how they did yeah. it, how they acted. And yeah. And I think when how that applies to the retrospective is that uh, everybody's everybody can see now the journeys that people are having to take, all of the shit that comes with it. And I think we're going to lose that overnight success myth very, very soon. Completely. I don't, in a generation or two, I don't think that's going to even exist in the zeitgeist because everything's been documented so clearly that no such thing exists. Yeah. And so you'll actually be like, actually, well, if I do want to do this thing that I want to go into, you got, you'll be comfortable in knowing that, yes, this is a five to 10 year window. Mm-hmm. It might even be 20, depending on what you might be doing. Right. But you know, there's examples of a hundred people that have done the same thing and it did right. take them about that long. Yeah. So it might get slightly shorter, but because you'll maybe have the kind of plan, but at the same time, mm. it's that, that that idea. And I do think that's what's really important when you're convincing yourself that you can. If you're going to convince yourself that you can, you've also got to convince yourself that you're going to be patient. Yes. <laughs> yes. And I think that's what's lacking with so many people in terms of um, the uh, the confidence aspect. Because... Like you have that thing where you've done it for like two months, three months. You're putting out YouTube videos, for example. You've been doing that every week for six months and you're still only getting 20 views a video. And it's just like, oh, why am I doing this? Like it's not working. And But maybe it's because you haven't fully committed to it because you're not convinced that it's good. Mm-hmm. And and so a lot of the thing, a lot of the hurdles that you'll probably come across are hurdles that are actually more in your own mind than they are in actually your talent. Because if you're holding back on what you're producing, then not as many people are going to see it. And all it takes is that one person to see whatever it is that you're producing. And then that could steamroll. Podcast is a prime example. We are a prime example. We always say, oh, could you imagine if we did put all our effort into this or put enough mm-hmm. effort? We never, we've never got to that point. And maybe that's because in our minds, we've not, we convince ourselves that we want to do the podcast, but yeah. have we convinced ourselves of the potential of the podcast? Well, I think even more so, to be more specific, with regard to the sponsorship for the show. Mm-hmm. Um, I already had good connections with uh, people high up at the university. We were asked, my theatre company were asked to come in to work on a project for. Um, their change maker week program and uh, so that was all organized and then I kind of said oh off the cuff because this is kind of the theme that you're doing for this program um, I just thought I'd let you know that I'm producing this podcast with a fellow graduate as well um, don't know if it might be of any interest to you and then got emails being like we need to talk oh my god this is amazing uh, we want to sponsor it was a short version of this of the story um, and if I hadn't sent that email, we probably wouldn't have ever got the sponsorship. And I don't even know if the podcast would still be going. It's one of those things you'd love to be doing it, but it's like, it has to, obviously you've got to get something. I mean, for me, it I... It certainly wouldn't yeah. be to the level that it is now. No, I don't think it'd be as consistent. It wouldn't have received the investment that it's received from us mm-hmm. in terms of equipment, sound quality, time, branding, all of that sort of stuff, which has become so important for us. Mm-hmm. Definitely wouldn't be to that level. Yeah. Cool. I guess we've got to kind of wrap things up there. Yes. I, there's one last point I'll quickly want to touch upon. I think it's this. I think it's kind of what you mentioned a bit before, but like it's that idea that you need to associate with people who have the same belief system, which is why it's important for like artists who kind of surround themselves with other people mm. who are doing the same thing. Because I do think it's that 
each person has that belief that they can. It's why entrepreneurs hang out at startup events because everybody's got a mentality of that we're going to do this or actors speak to each other and you hear one's made it. That gives you a little kick up the arse. Well, maybe I can make it too, even though I was feeling down. And so I do think it's important that you do your best to associate with people who are succeeding in the thing that you want to mm. be doing. Yeah. And sometimes, again, that doesn't have to be in person. It, me, me and you are massive fans of watching Gary Vee. And I think sometimes it can be that there'll be someone out there who may be in the field that you want to go into, whether it's creating bracelets and selling them online. There's probably someone on YouTube who is doing that really, really well and is probably documenting and sharing how to do it and why they what, what they're doing. And so there you can associate with that person because they're actively, actively achieving what you want to go for. Right. So... It can be these sort of digital associations as well, which are also just as powerful. Yes, most definitely. Um, yeah, I think that's a really good piece of advice. Cool. Really good piece of advice. Great. So we'll wrap up there. Um, if you have any thoughts, please send an email through. Um, I'm Wayne at PowerfulNonsense.com. Gem's Gem at PowerfulNonsense.com. That's C-E-M um, because it's a Turkish C. Um. <laughs> <laughs> you just call me a Turkish C. <laughs> I should have done. Damn. <laughs> Missed opportunity. <laughs> um, but yes, please do send any thoughts. Um, if you've got any ideas for any episodes as well, we'd love to love to hear them. Um, we had one listener that's given us an idea for a show, uh, an episode, um, which we might do in the near future. So we really do appreciate those because it's your show more than it is ours. Because if you don't listen to it, we wouldn't produce it. <laughs> then we're just listening to ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> which I enjoy, to be honest. <laughs> Love the sound of my own voice. Um, also, hit us up on Twitter at PN underscore podcast or Instagram at powerful underscore nonsense. And finally, if you haven't left a review yet, please do. You can find out how to do that on iTunes at powerfulnonsense.com forward slash review. And we would really appreciate a review of five stars or more. Right, that's it. So, um,. Thanks very much for tuning in and we will catch you next time. See you later.